It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. All right, let's talk uh, winter. Well, that's part of the picture, but really, petroleum prices, supply chain. Uh, we just had a call on uh, the importance of it, the importance of energy as a whole. Michael Abramson, lawyer, insider at Newsmax, and the topic, the dual effect of high petroleum prices and how to fix it. So, Michael, a lot of us know the problem, but summarize the problem and the how to fix it then becomes the challenge. Well, the problem is twofold. When, when, we, think about gas, when we think about the high prices of petroleum, we think about this pain at the pump that we're all feeling when we, when we fill up our cars. But the second part, which isn't talked about a lot, is how the high oil and gas prices contribute to inflation. Because these companies at all levels of the supply chain, whether they're procuring the raw products or transporting them to the stores, it involves gasoline. And these companies have to increase their prices so that they can maintain a consistent profit. So consumers have to pay both at the gas pump and then at the retail stores. So when, okay, that's, you know, kind of summarizes it in your, you know, as you say in your article, or write in your article, people think of the pain at the pump. And, of course, we hear about the, the SPR, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, but now comes the replenishment part, and that includes the supply chain. We already have supply chain problems, disruptions, uh, shutdowns of pipeline are only one part of it. Transport, for example, uh, by, by rail or truck, and say in the case of Florida right now across central Florida, that's a disruption that goes beyond Florida. So... You know, with winter around the corner for a lot of the northern climates in the country and certainly in Alaska, uh, which is a little different picture, what's the how to fix it? The how to fix it is that we have to increase production in the United States so that we're not, we're not dependent on, others, on other sources of oil. I, I'm sorry, there's a, there's a fire truck in the background. I hope you can't hear it. But, uh, that's quite all right. It's called live radio. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. So we really need to focus on, on four things. We need to repeal the regulations aimed at slowing the petroleum industry. And this is both the federal and the state level. The state level with these uh, rise of regulations for electric-only cars, that's probably going to hamper the oil industry. Second, we need to in- reinstitute federal oil gas leases. We need to restart the Keystone XL pipeline, and we need to create a business environment in which it's seen, in which the petroleum industry is seen as profitable and long-lasting. Because if the petroleum industry looks like they're not going to make any money, nobody's going to invest in it. So that sounds great. Here's the problem, and I agree with you. This this is uh, what we need. But let's take a look at the Biden administration federal EPA, more often the blue or purple states than the red states, but then something else that's a part of this that doesn't get much attention. Red state, in one example, can produce all the energy it wants, but could even run into a border issue, commerce or in some physical way, with some of these blue states. 
So how do you get past the, the regulatory and the bureaucratic shutdown? And even given West Virginia versus EPA being determined by the Supreme Court, which affects federal agencies, they're still fighting tooth and nail at the state level. Well, I mean, the first part is probably the obvious answer, and that's we gotta we gotta get Republicans in office. Um, we gotta we gotta do great in the midterms. We gotta win the presidency. But I, I think the second thing is that we have to educate the people on the importance of the importance of petroleum and really fight back against these these climate activists. We, for example, we hear a lot about we need electric cars. Electric cars are going to be great for the environment. Well, that's really a little more complicated than that. Like the, the electric car battery, you have to do just this terrible mining, and it still takes petroleum to, to run the cars. And people need to understand that these quote-unquote green solutions really might harm the planet more hand in, in, in more, more of a way. So, I mean, I'm kind of repeating myself, but what about some of the steps to get past this? I mean, is, is this produce to the level of where it has to be transported? Look, it's a commodity. Whether it goes overseas, and while I would like to see more of the commodity vertically integrated in every form, whether it's shale, natural gas, you name it, uh, every form of generation that's redistributable without increased cost, for that matter, vertically integrated more into our society, petroleum and gas can be exported, that crude can be exported to help depress global prices. And that takes a lot, but that's needed. So, you know, that's another, I don't know if you want to call it another blocking point for bringing prices down the way these policies are and the policies that exist, not just here, but in some cases in other countries. Yeah, definitely need to work on the ways to, to transport things more more efficiently, um, whether it be whether it be you know more pipelines or, I mean, pipelines probably seem like the most efficient way to do it, um, but it's hard when you run into these regulations at different at different places, and it's just it's a matter of it's a matter of election, and I think it's you know that West Virginia case you mentioned is great because it's the the EPA will not be making the EPA has been decreased in power in their ability to make policy, and now it has to go through Congress. Well, now we run into the other problem. Okay, and it goes to your point of electing Republicans. If Republicans get the House, is that enough? Because they may or may not have the Senate, and they clearly don't have the presidency. Well, I mean, that, that is a problem. Um, but hopefully the Republicans are going to be strong enough to hold back bills um, that will until they get certain things in return. And we really haven't seen it, you know, these past two years, the, or really in the past, like Republicans don't really press their advantage like they should. I remember during the um, Trump administration, the Chuck Schumer in the Senate would hold back these appointees. Um, and these judges. And Republicans could have done the same thing, could have put these roadblocks in place for administration policies until they got what they wanted. And they really haven't done that in the past, and they really have to learn how to use their leverage. Well, uh, skeptic, cynic, 
Uh, those are, that's me, by the way. I'm looking in the mirror right now uh, <laughs> on them doing this because they've got to be effective. Pennsylvania is another example. It's a purple state. Uh, you, you have a leftist in Fetterman leading Oz in the Senate, but that tells us something about the voting at the state level. Uh, you've got a left-wing governor. I mean, when I look at that state right next to West Virginia, and then I look at a corrupt Joe Manchin, who I continually warn people was not the savior of the Republican Party, to stop buying the Manchin. I care about West Virginia energy BS. Uh, you got to understand why I'm a, a bit of a cynic. Uh, no, I mean, I completely agree with you. It's it's amazing that people don't vote vote really their interest. I think that I think that a lot of times people put um, maybe certain issues above others as what they view as their most important because they assume that the 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 Democrat that they're electing will just sort of follow common sense for lack of a better term, but they they don't realize how radical these Democrats are. And it's it's amazing that they have- How do they not? How, how do they, how do Republicans not realize how radical, or how do voters not realize how radical these Democrats are? Uh, in order for that to exist, and okay, yes, it does. So I'm being a little bit rhetorical. Uh, people would have to not vote their interests. They they would have to believe I'm not paying more at the grocery store. They would have to believe that more people drive to the abortion clinic than to the grocery store on a daily basis. You know, it's it's. I think it's a it's a question of education and it's a question of messaging and we we come back to this all the time but people just they just don't they just don't really understand the the nature of the democrat the democrats and the liberals so let's take um Pennsylvania for example you know Biden or really the country as a whole president Biden during the campaign said that he was going to shut down the oil industry but people didn't for some reason, people didn't either hear that message or they didn't they didn't uh, prioritize that message. And I really think it might be more of the first the first the first point. It's just there's so many messages coming across on TV, and it's just if it's not really really banged into people's heads, they might not hear it. So, for example, you and I and the listeners are very well informed, but the average Joe, you know, may not be, and it's not his fault. It's just the the, the messages that come at him. Yeah, look, I, I'm with you. I'm not with you on the it's not his fault because I say this, and I say this in non-patriot audiences. I'm going to UAW's Union Hall in Dallas this weekend to talk policy, not party politics, but policy. And it's to say to them, you know, you don't get the excuse anymore of not understanding it because you're paying the price. Literally, you're losing the money. Literally, you've lost over four thousand dollars a year of your personal income as a middle class American because of these policies. Give me four thousand dollars right now. Where do you pull it from? Which bank account? Which, which 401k do you sell off? And, and the, the Republican Party messaging is, it's too high level. It's not ground level effective. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, right. it's it's not. Uh, let me sort of revise what I said about it not not being his fault. It obviously is his fault, and I just hope people put together the pieces that they realize. Oh well, I'm losing all of this money. Why? Why is inflation going up? It's not. They need to realize who's in charge. Who's sort of who's who's pulling the strings and. I, I don't know why people can't connect that. I think that maybe they prioritize certain issues over over other issues. I, it's so hard to it's hard to understand. I it's I, yeah. I, stick, really stick little... with so hard to understand sometimes. But I'm going to do my part as a caller requested. Guys are already on it. We're going to drag them kicking and screaming if we have to right here in front of the audience, so to speak, to answer the questions. What are you doing to make sure he or her, I still believe there's only two genders, last time I checked, male and female, uh, are ignorant of the issues. Michael, my friend, always a pleasure. Thank you. Michael Abramson, insider at Newsmax and attorney, by the way, also good for helping me with uh, legal questions. So thanks, Michael. Join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon East on Sirius XM Patriot 125.